Oh, let me get that intro. R&B, coming to you live from the top shelf. We're going to tell you something. Russ and Blake, here to talk to you. But another one is R&B Podcast. Yo, welcome to R&B Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us on number 24, mm-hmm. episode 24. We're in season two, in case you didn't know. 24 is my lucky number. It's my favorite number. I was born July 24th, coming up on my birthday. Y'all remember it. But I was literally just thinking, I think yesterday, about... No, that was this morning. I was like, why are numbers significant to us? And I was like, is 24 my favorite number for a significant reason? I was thinking about all the times it's come up in my life and how I regard the 24 hours in a day and I always wore 24 in sports and et cetera, et cetera. And here we are, episode 24. So that's pretty cool because I didn't even realize that that's what episode we were on until you just said it a few minutes ago. Yeah. Love it. And I didn't think about the significance of that number until you kind of highlighted that because I definitely remember you always wearing 24 on the Mm. football team that we played on together. And then my favorite athlete of all time is Kobe Bryant. So Mm -hmm. 8 and 24, I think the number 24 Kobe kind of resonated with me a little bit more right? because I started to understand, yeah, RIP to Kobe Bryant. But number 24 Kobe is the Kobe that really taught me about maturity with the consistency you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and the uh, ability to withstand the judgments of the masses while still working to be great mm-hmm. and i think that that's going to kind of flow into the topic that we have today oh yeah for sure and um like you're saying kobe bryant uh, achieving greatness being legendary um facing adversity you know overcoming obstacles all these things require one to be accountable hold themselves accountable and um, feel responsible for the things that are going on in your life. We've talked multiple times at this point, if you have been listening, uh, about an internal locus of control. And I feel like accountability is a very significant piece in uh, being able to attain that. So uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit today, just because I think all of us can recall a time in our lives where we didn't want to hold ourselves accountable that's something that you have to develop you know nobody wants to take blame it doesn't feel good but there is a difference between accountability and blame sometimes they can be one and the same but the overall overarching idea of accountability comes into a lot of different contexts so uh, we'll try to touch on each of those today mm. now you you talked about an accountability mirror that's yeah. what you said. So I hadn't really heard of that term per se until okay. you mentioned it to me today. And then it just so happened that uh, when I looked it up, the the first person for it to be related to as far as the internet goes was David Goggins. And you said you recently read his book. Yeah. Um, I've read Can't Hurt Me in the Past, his first book, and then his second book, which I don't even know what it's titled right now. It's like Never Finish. I think it's called Never Finish, but Mm -hmm. he is probably one of the best mainstream speakers, motivational speakers when it comes to being accountable. Now, Mm -hmm. the idea of accountability mirror, I've heard that from many people that are inspirational to me, but you got to think about the physics of a mirror the makeup of a mirror is always to objectively reflect Mm -hmm. what it is that's in front of it Mm -hmm. so when it comes to being accountable uh for your own actions within your self-reflection it's the process of developing the ability to be as objective as you can Mm -hmm. when you are 
you know, reckoning with how accountable you need to be and uh, what you need to do. Yeah. So kind of taking a very concrete, physical concept of looking yourself and making it figuratively to, to bring into this piece of you being comfortable with yourself, right? Being sure. familiar with yourself. Sure. I mean, when you look in an actual mirror, you can't cheat that image because right. it's obviously you. But when you're reflecting on yourself and decisions that you've made, that's where all of your biases, the things you believe about yourself and the things that people maybe have told you that aren't even factual mm -hmm. come into play. And I think that's why it gets to be a lot more difficult when you're trying to do self-reflection to be yeah. accountable. And then some people look in the mirror and they see things that people have told them, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and it's even more than the, the physical piece. But all those things that we hear tend to play a factor into how we actually visualize ourselves. And that's why the self-talk is so important because sure. our voice needs to be the loudest. Mm -hmm. Our opinion of ourselves is what's going to be the most significant. And uh, some people don't talk about themselves at all. They let everybody else form their opinions and that's just what they ride with. right? Mm -hmm. And then that's certainly not a, a way to feel like you have control of those situations. And, um, you know, again, with blame, being so closely related to accountability, I, I've become a lot more comfortable with being blamed for things because I try to make sure that when there's blame to be done, it's going to be something positive, right? Mm -hmm. Because I know what my efforts and my intentions are. Yeah. And then um, I, I believe that intentions are very significant in terms of accountability as well. And um, that, that just goes as far as what an individual expects from themselves out of a situation, right? And... Um, I also have been recently thinking about how as far as expectations, I should only have expectations for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't ever know what somebody else's intentions are unless they share them with you. But when it comes down to whatever context you're trying to deal with and have any sort of control, uh, you at least need to know how you're going to behave and what your actions and even what your reactions are going to be. And, and that uh, requires a bit of maybe anticipation and just kind of awareness. We've talked about awareness before as well. So all these things play into each other, right? Yeah. And um, again, being able to develop it because these are pretty complex concepts when it comes down to our daily interactions and continuously being aware of those things. And um, I think that it really does just take a conscious effort in the initial thought once you think about these things is kind of the first step that it takes to really take control of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so here are just a few little bullet points as far as that, that uh, accountability mirror, because I really like that concept. Again, it's new to me. So as far as self-reflection goes, I think that's pretty easy to correlate between the, the idea of an accountability mirror and reflecting upon yourself and you know, re reflecting on your actions and reflecting on your past. Um, I, I think that when I'm able to reflect and think about what I've done before, it really does help me uh, make sure that I'm putting myself in the best situation moving forward. And I, I can't really think of a way to do that without reflecting on what you've done. And when you reflect, that's the time that you do take accountability. You're like, oh, these things happen because I did X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah, and the difficult part of that is allowing yourself time for reflection mm -hmm. you know because you can distract yourself all the way until it's time to go to sleep or some people yeah. leave their tv on while they go to sleep so literally distract themselves all the way until they wake up so mm. the 
important and difficult part about what you're saying is allowing yourself that time for the reflection. And that is when people start to take advantage and control of their life is because they learn to carve out time mm -hmm. for what they know is a tool that's going to benefit them. Yeah, that's right? a good point. Mm. And I, I kind of like to study the lives of people that I consider to um, look up to. And one person I like to listen to, uh, mainly because of the guests that he has on his show, is Tom Bilyeu. I don't know if I've seen any of his stuff before, but he's the founder of Quest, the nutrition company. Now, one thing that he says that I don't agree with so much, because he talks a lot about health and health concepts with other people, and uh, he does acknowledge the importance of sleep, but... He is someone who goes to sleep with a podcast on listening mm. to something while he goes to sleep. And I do feel like even me, myself, I have times where I'm like, okay, I need to get out of this for a little bit. Cause I do listen to things all day and watch YouTube videos, trying to educate myself, but you have to be present at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And always having some external stimulus to try to, I guess, uh, take away from the silence and take away from your thoughts and take away from your self-awareness, I think uh, can be a little bit poisoning over time if that's a, a habitual thing. And he's also someone who says that he struggles to meditate mm -hmm. because of the silence and him always having these things on his mind, which I'm sure is really common amongst people that are business owners and entrepreneurs because the work doesn't stop. You don't clock out, right? There's always work to be done. So um, it's interesting, someone like him, if you listen to him, he's very, very structured with his health. And then, but that piece he, he thinks is not really harming him in any way. And uh, I, I can see how me personally having that time at night where I make myself wind down. A lot of people they're, say they're insomniacs, and uh, I think the vast majority of insomniacs are undiagnosed, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we feel like we can't go to sleep because we don't know how to be calm. Yeah, And it, it's unsettling to be calm and be in the silence. Mm -hmm. And even me, I sleep with a fan on, right? And sometimes being in that dead silence is, it almost gives you a little anxiety. Mm -hmm. But... Um, Again, back to accountability, you have to realize that that's you not allowing this to be a peaceful moment. And the intention of it is to be quiet and be peaceful so that you can wind down. And that's how nature works. But we are programmed to do otherwise. Mm. Right? And um, a lot of this can be tied to programming. Everything we do is programming. That's how we develop routine. Mm -hmm. And so... If, if we're expecting to develop accountability in these kinds of, uh, I guess, tools, you would say, we need to take charge of the programming that we receive. Definitely. Yeah. You know, because that self-talk, mind chatter, can be used as a tool to benefit you in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But it should be used as just that, a tool. Mm -hmm. It's there for the time that you need to decipher, discern, categorize make something matter and highlight it, mm -hmm. what you would usually be doing in a work process. But when you want to calm down and cultivate peace, that's the side of our brain that we're so misunderstood about. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us think that more productivity equals better ideas, better thoughts, and things of that nature, not understanding that our brain is literally equipped with us like a calculator to be able to compute things that we're going to be mm -hmm. doing in that moment. Right. So I hear that a lot as well when I talk with um, 
professionals and students that I work with about meditation. Um, I've had some students tell me that as I describe this quiet silence that they could sit in, I had this one girl one time raise her hand and was like, you're scaring me right now. Mm. Talking about this silent mm. um, individual place that I could sit in. And I asked her, like, why? Why does that sound so scary? And she's like, I don't want to sit there with my own thoughts like that. And I, exactly. I was like, that is really real. And I understand exactly what you're saying. But it's um, the same concept as if, like, we were going to the gym working on our muscles and the outcome that we'll have from trying to cultivate more silence and more peace within our mind is so beneficial to all the parts of our life that, you know, we want. Falling asleep is a huge, huge privilege to be able to just go to sleep calmly without any stimuli yeah. around you. Yeah. That yeah. as I get older, I'm realizing is, is way more of a privilege than I understood when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Right. So I always just think about that is that the confusion there is not understanding that the mind chatter that you have is beneficial for certain tasks, Mm -hmm. but we've been conditioned to think task oriented behavior is our best self when really it's the idea of calming down, relaxing, unwinding. Mm -hmm. Now for you, cause you, you like, do you listen to, meditations or how did you get to the point where you were able to sit with yourself and at first could you do it for longer than three minutes without feeling antsy um i guess i gotta give a shout out to flagstaff go jacks you know going to college in a a nature town Hmm. you learn to appreciate nature and not only what nature looks like, but what it sounds like, what it feels like, what it takes, like all the senses in nature, right? Mm. And then so that's something that being up in Flagstaff, I just learned to love so much. And then, you know, me and Maddie like to hike and uh, we're talking as we hike, but there's times when it's just silent, right? Mm. And then you're listening to the crunch of your shoes and the rocks and the birds chirping and water if you're lucky enough to find it in Arizona and uh all of those things brought me to kind of a a point of peace that you know now I can go re recreate that in my backyard mm-hmm. you know and I've talked about the little hummingbird that I didn't see the hummingbird this morning I was hoping, I knew we were, we were recording and I thought I was going to see my hummingbird hope I see him tomorrow. That's significant for me. But (laughs) my backyard is serene and it's very quiet in my neighborhood. And um, it's it's something that at this point in my life, I realize that's a non-negotiable for me. I can't live in a busy, chaotic uh, inner city area anymore. Like I live like right on the edge of Phoenix and being able to go outside and maybe hear a couple cars in the distance and not hear dogs barking and not hear sirens. I mean, we used to live really close to a hospital, so we'd hear sirens all the time. And I knew that that was not something that I would allow to <laughs> have to experience for the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I held myself accountable to make that happen because it was something that was unsettling to me, especially working in the hospital, kind of always having that alarm in my head and, you know, it's almost triggering to hear that. You feel like you have to go in and save your mode or something. So um, I, I knew that that was not the environment that was going to allow me to pr- produce the best energy that I could. So, you know, I made sure I made the change. And I'm so grateful for the change that I made because other than that, you know, the area we lived in was fine. We got a nice little deal on our rent at that time. And so it was something that we were kind of putting up with at the moment. But um, 
again, holding yourself accountable for your situation. Some people complain about these things in their environment every single day and don't have any plan or even an intention to get out of that. Mm. And then even what you're saying as far as what the girl said about her thoughts, sometimes our thoughts can be scary. And uh, we have to be accountable for our thoughts also. They are our thoughts. And we're the only one experiencing them. So we need to try our best to understand them and take control of them or else they're going to take control of us. Yeah. And, and there it is. You know, one of a, a really popular book a lot of people read is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel <laughs> Ruiz. And, you know, he talks about how this ancient Toltec culture spoke of what a lot of people call monkey mind or there's a whole bunch of other terms for it. But ultimately, it's just talking about the endless chatter that is our mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. And they knew this. 2,000, 3,000 years ago that your experience comes with that monkey mind. Yeah. And it is up to you, like you're saying, to be accountable, to calm it down, and to not believe it when it's trying to tell you these different lies about yourself Mm -hmm. and others. That's why he talks about not taking things personal Mm -hmm. because that can kind of break the agreements Mm. of you believing that this, like, mind chatter is true. Mm-hmm. Very important. I like that you pointed out that nature was kind of your teacher mm-hmm. to being able to cultivate more peace because that's another thing for thousands of years people have learned better than any of us could tell you mm-hmm. a calm patch of grass with some trees and wind and the natural sounds of the world can teach you so much better. Right. That's the best place to do nothing. People don't like doing nothing because they're in their room in the dark mm. <laughs> and they've never been out in the open in the world. and you know, I tried my hardest to start my mornings out being with nature in my backyard, look up at the sky, feel like I'm looking through layers and layers of dimensions, like all the way into space, you know, thinking about what's past the blue. And especially in the mornings when you wake up and you can see the moon still, that's something that I certainly don't take for granted at this point in my life. And I just feel a very strong presence in reality and in the universe. And Some people don't even feel a strong presence in their neighborhood, you know, but I realize how small I am and I I take pride in my awareness of my, my insignificance, like we talked about on the previous episode. Yeah. But, um, at the same time, it's freeing. It's Mm -hmm. freeing. So you feel liberated that you, you're aware of these things and, um, there's not so much pressure to be perfect. You know, I'm always putting forth the best effort, but I know it's a learning process and, um, the the education I've received thus far, you can't really argue that. Like, I am learning. I'm getting better. And I have to be the one to determine that, right? I'm going to hold myself accountable to continue to get better. And at the same time, I'm going to be my biggest critic and my biggest fan because that's the, the easiest way to survive, mm-hmm. right? We have people that are here for us to, to be tools and to be resources and to, to kind of, aid each other in that similar journey but end of the day if if you don't believe in you then you're gonna fail and I, I hold myself accountable in that way just knowing that all of my successes are gonna be because of me as well as all my failures and then when those failures happen I turn them into lessons and, and there's no negative right everything just happens and you make of it what you want and um you know we've talked about how certain things are inevitable and uh, making mistakes is inevitable. And even in simple discussions, if, if we were recording right now and I said something that I didn't mean to say, you know, 
I, I'm, I don't expect to be perfect on this platform. I don't, yeah. I don't expect to be perfect in my daily life, but I am always going to put forth that effort. Mm-hmm. And that I, I really have to give myself grace just knowing that that's the expectation that I have for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, what you touched on as you said that you sit outside and you look up and think what's beyond the blue, that is self-talk that is giving you a transcendent feeling in that time because you're using your brain to think outside of even what you can perceive at that moment, Mm -hmm. right? And instead of thinking about what you're going to eat later on or when you need to hurry up and leave and get somewhere, Mm -hmm. you're having a moment of just peace and tranquility. It's interesting because recently me and you were talking about how certain philosophy can make people feel emotions that are similar to a psychoactive substance that people Mm -hmm. might use recreationally to try to transcend moments. But there is philosophy and self-talk that also can widen your perspective of what's going on and almost make you feel, you know, I'm saying transcendent. Yeah, I agree with that because, you know, someone like Aaron Rodgers, he claims that he wouldn't have had the success he had if he hadn't tried ayahuasca, mm-hmm, right? Right. But I think there's a lot of ways of accomplishing the same thing, just like you're saying right now. And um, the people that are able to tap into their own mind without substances, uh, they, they have a lot of power over their own lives. And um, in turn, they, they gain a lot of respect from people. Mm-hmm. And I think that you and I are the two of those people that are able to do that. And, um, you know... I used to think that I had to prove myself to earn respect from people. But now I feel like the fact that I respect myself, regardless of the situation I'm in, it doesn't really take much for people to recognize that. And then when, when people know that you respect yourself and you carry yourself in a certain way, that's what gets you the respect from them in turn as well. And um, not worrying so much about what other people think of me just because I already know I hold myself to a high standard, right? Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that that standard is probably higher than the average person, as long as I'm satisfied with what I'm doing, the average other person is going to be satisfied with me as well. Yeah, that's very real. And um, it, again, time has to do that for you. I, I remember a time where, you know, you need that validation from someone, whether it's a teacher, your parents, a coach, then... And a lot of time, the motivation that you're getting from those entities might not even be the most positive push, but those people do want you to succeed. And it just takes a little bit of reprogramming to get out of that negative feedback loop, right? Sure. Sometimes all those people can be trying to hold you accountable for things that you're not even really vibing with and that you don't even feel is in your best interest, mm-hmm. right? So there can be that dissonance inside of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, I don't know, what's your, I mean, (laughs) I do know that you have similar experience to me and you can think of a time where you didn't hold yourself accountable, right? For sure. Um, Was there any one event or a time period that you feel like that transformation was kind of coming into play where you kind of took more pride in holding yourself accountable for these things? Yeah, and it was probably going to be once I, you kind of moved away from living with my mom and family members and people in my family passing away as I got Mm. older moved out had family members pass away that's when I would have more time kind of being by myself and it hit me of the life that I want to create is only going to be me like you're Mm. saying my Mm. failure my success because before that time I had coaches scheduling my 
study hall and I had coaches like scheduling when I went to eat and when Mm -hmm. my practice was and then my teachers would tell me when I needed to be at certain classes so all the way up until I graduated college they were basically just telling me where and when I needed to be after that um, life events happened paired with now me truly being free out here in this world and it hit me super hard that man all these moves I'm making are are, I'm going to either reap the benefits or I'm going to have a problem because of it. Yeah I haven't really thought about how deep that goes because you can't even really genuinely hold yourself accountable until after that college phase right unless they stop offering you a scholarship for the next year that's really the only wake-up call you could have is like you're not doing this good enough but if you're doing it good enough you're just going to keep flowing through it Mm -hmm. so many people take that for granted huh Mm -hmm. having all that assistance and uh, really just so many people in your court that want to see you succeed and they're trying to set you up but um we've talked about before how sometimes the the goals that we have, we have all the steps and we have all the resources and the tools. And the hardest part is consistently following the steps, right? Mm-hmm. Being consistent and being uh, or taking initiative, right? Because to some extent, somebody's going to be helping you, but there's going to be some point in your life, regardless of what you're doing, that it's going to be all on you. Yeah. And it, it honestly can be a weird feeling when your eligibility is up and you recognize that those people were paid to help you. Right. These are people whose job it was to come to this campus and help you out. But mm-hmm. it's not necessarily always an emotional thing. Right. It's not like they care for you like a family member and they want to help you out. You're an asset for mm-hmm. time being. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mm-hmm. see a lot of young people handle that hard, too. When yeah. They realize the business side of their transaction and now yeah. they have to go mm-hmm. off and do things on their own. Because they feel replaceable at that point. And you are. You are. <laughs> You're only meant to be there for finite period of exactly time, right? and that, that's the art of recruiting for coaches and for the institutions that do make their ex-players feel like they were actually part of a family i always salute to that because it's mm-hmm. difficult and and most people don't feel that way right so again with consistency and maintaining this accountability over a long period of time hopefully your lifetime right mm-hmm. um i think that it's very important to set goals right and um otherwise you don't really have much to hold yourself accountable towards, right? So as you're trying to accomplish things, setting concrete goals and then tracking that progress so that over time you can actually evaluate yourself and see, oh yeah, I am doing what I need to be doing so I can continue to do so, or I need to pick it up. I need to to change my methods a little bit, reprioritize my time or my efforts. And um, a lot of people aren't true to themselves in doing that, right? They, they take the time to reflect, but sometimes we can overinflate what we're doing. And that's why there needs to be this balance with our confidence and, and this um, honesty with ourselves when we're holding ourselves accountable. Because, again, you don't want to beat yourself up if you're lacking. Like, you just have to be aware and be ready to change it. But some people, the way that their minds work is that, you know, I'm going to be positive towards myself. So, oh, it's okay that I haven't been working towards my goals. Or it's okay that I keep telling myself I'm going to start this the next week and I don't actually start it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm a finite human being, as you say, and I make mistakes. But if you lie to yourself in this journey, then you're going to be running in circles and you're going to be very dissatisfied when the day comes and you actually do take accountability and you do address this awareness that you have of your situation which probably doesn't look much different than it did when you set these fake goals that you never actually set out to go achieve. Yeah, because all those moments of reckoning 
and reflection are going to end with work that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And that can be daunting, especially if you've let it pile up and pile up. Much easier to just turn around and ignore it rather than start now your daily grind towards that goal. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. uh, And I'm sure you've dealt with that. I mean, by the time people reach out to you to train, they're actually taking very concrete steps. And it's probably a big part of their life to even reach out to you because most people probably think about it for months before Mm -hmm. they actually make that step. Exactly. You know, so. That's why I get excited when people actually do reach. Because, of course, I reach out and I market and stuff. But the people that reach out to me, I'm like, oh, it's go time. It's like, you're ready. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You made that step. And then some people, I'll reach out to them in a way that it's like, I'm not going to really push you to start now, but I want you to know that I'm here and I'm friendly. So I'm ready to help you and I can do these things for you. But, you know, I want the time to be right for you because I don't want you to get started and be disappointed with yourself. Mm -hmm. And there has to be this mental preparation when you go to make a life change. You know, people don't realize the gravity of making lifestyle changes. And that's all that I try to promote because I don't really care if you lose 20 pounds for your wedding a lot of people that i train that's their goal but in my head i want you to lose that 20 pounds and then keep it off and then have these habits that are going to keep you happy and healthy and then after your wedding you're going to have kids and feel great and be happy for your children you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a much longer goal for me than a lot of people recognize at first but i think that the average person i work with they realize my goal for them without me even having to tell them and that's like the most beautiful thing to me that we just kind of sink into this similar goal because they all of a sudden feel more confident about their progress and they realize that they can go a lot further than where they are and they see that these are actually things that they can continue to do and there will be a a plethora of benefits if they do that Mm. you know and then that accountability just comes into play automatically. A lot of people talk about how, you know, I, I know how to work out, but, you know, I tell you that I'm going to come work out with you. And I know that you're going to push me to increase in intensity. And also, it's a lot harder for me to make an excuse to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, again, accountability. Not so much self-accountability as this accountability mirror, but um, having another person to hold you accountable, I think, is just being resourceful just as any other way. And um, that's why a lot of people, I I invite them to invite a friend or family member to get involved with their programs with me because then they have even more accountability, Mm -hmm. an accountability partner, because I I don't babysit. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to chase somebody around and make sure that they're following these instructions I give them. But if they have someone else that they're talking to regularly that is also on the same path, there ends up being like this healthy competition, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I think athletes, Um, should always consider themselves to be athletes because that competitive mindset is nothing but beneficial as long as it's not toxic, right? Yeah. But once you realize that you're just competing with the the you that you were the day before um, and you continue to have that competitive spirit, then all of a sudden you're winning every day. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And that makes me think about how when athletes are young, that natural competition between them and their friends is what gets them the skill to ever even have something that's marketable Mm -hmm. or that somebody wants to spend money on to get you to come play on their team. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times when we're done with our sport, we don't recognize that that same competitive nature that made us great 
can be transferred and continue to have us living a healthy and productive life. Right. Because that's the purpose of it. Exactly. And it existed in you before any institution wanted to put their emblem on your chest. That was who you were. And it was just naturally how you played and how you socialized. And it made you great, but it still makes you great. You know what I'm saying? You just have to put it into what it is that you still feel fits with your life and that you want to work towards or master mm-hmm. you know be intentional about it right yeah but i'm glad that you're talking about accountability partners and social groups that hold you to the same scrutiny that you should be held to depending on the goals that you have mm-hmm. right because that's another hard thing i think if we polled a lot of people and asked them you know would you tell your friends when they start to look overweight that they look overweight a lot of people are going to say no i've had this conversation with people are like well that's rude to say then mm-hmm. who's the person that's supposed to tell them? Right. You know, who's the person that's supposed to pull someone aside and mm-hmm. tell them that yeah. they got to fix their routines? And I guess I get that from my grandma. My, <laughs> you know, um, no filter, just honest, but it's from a place of love, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard her tell people in my family that they've gained weight and they do react a type of way. Maybe <laughs> she could say it a little bit lighter, right? <laughs> oh, that's true, bro. But, My grandma too. Yeah, it happens. And and it's out of love though. Our grandparents love us. Yeah. And we have to keep that in mind. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times the problem is that people already know and yeah. they're either ignoring it or they're in denial and they're not really sure if other people know us. And all of a sudden grandma comes up and lays it on you. And then it kind of changes your perspective and you got to take a step back, right? Yeah, because as the individual, we think of the mountain of work that needs to be done for us to get back to that more healthy looking spot. Mm -hmm. But grandma, she knows how time works. Mm -hmm. She knows how if you flip it around now, it's only about a year, 10 months before you're going to be where you need to be. But she also knows how a year of bad choices inflates people's you know faces and bodies for real she knows how that time goes when we're younger we don't really think that one year of bad choices is gonna end us in this spot that our grandma knows it will Mm -hmm. and that's why you have to be continuous about it right Mm -hmm. and like you said understand that as soon as you reach the goal of whatever it is the the work isn't done It's just getting started, right? Yeah. Uh, because the maintenance is often harder than actually getting to the point. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people talk about that Atomic Habits book as something that was revolutionary in their thinking because mm-hmm. I've never read the book, but everybody who has suggested yeah, and talked to me about it. I just heard about, about that recently. Hey, yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, and that's what ends up happening when you've gotten to the point that your goal is now you're trying to have habits Mm. rather than some new thing that you're getting up and working towards every day. This is just who you are now. And it's maintaining what you wanted Mm -hmm. at the beginning of your journey. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I try to stress the importance of lifestyle changes. You know, people think that I'm going to do this program for three months and my whole life's going to be different. Like, no, uh, this program might help you get to the point where you want to be, but this program is not sustainable, right? So you have to find a method that's going to be long-term. Because sometimes we, we put our foot to the pedal, you know, and you get burnt out. You get burnt out. And that, it happens all the time. Some people actually achieve their goals over and over, but they, it's like a roller coaster, right? They're not achieving and maintaining anything but starting over. Mm-hmm. And in my perspective, that's just wasted time. If I achieve a goal, I want it to be achieved and not have to re-achieve a goal because I let myself fall off the track like that. Yeah. And um, 
again, it's not going to be a linear progression, but we just have to control how low we dip when we get off track and when we set a new goal and when we have to reprioritize our time and uh, our efforts because life is dynamic and we don't know what's lying around the corner and our plan- plans can be changed in the blink of an eye, right? Mm-hmm. Our priorities can be changed in the blink of an eye. And, um, you know, for me, having a daughter has shown me that because right now all my priorities are different than they were five years ago. And my dad's someone who put me on the mindset of having this five-year plan. And then if I must admit, you know, right now I'm going into my fifth year after college and my five-year plan has changed about three times. Yeah. And that's okay. It is. I'm okay with that. I used to really get caught up on the fact that, you know, I had this planned and now either I can't do that or it's not convenient or it doesn't make as much sense. And, you know, it's easy to feel like you're lost in your journey when that happens, but you have to expect that to happen and you have to be uh, malleable and flexible and ready to adjust your plan. But, you know, don't, don't be in a position where you throw away all your dreams or all your expectations because a life event took place, right? You have to maybe delay something and reprioritize to where another goal is going to be accomplished first, but just also realize that you are still just as capable, you know, God forbid, if you had a athletic goal and you had an injury or something like that, you know, there are like very literal things that can take you out of the game per se, but yeah. And I've imagined all these things. I've thought about that. Like, if I was completely paralyzed and all I could do is talk, how could I still participate in the game? And I can think of a million ways. Right. You know what I mean? Like, all the way down to other than me passing away, I still see a way that I could use my energy Mm -hmm. in this world. I mean, think about Stephen Hawking, right? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of people. I mean, seen plenty of football players that get paralyzed. And, you know, it's awful to see but they have to find a way to continue mm-hmm. and if they truly have a passion for whatever it is then like you said you're not going to let anything come in in between that it might look different than what you had envisioned or expected but again you just got to be flexible and you still do have the opportunity to live out the dream it just might be a different picture than you had thought yeah and you know as we started this conversation we're talking about how powerful the mind is and that's just another example because as long as you can think mm-hmm. and express it somehow what do you think about manifestation i mean i believe that we are a product of our thoughts so i believe that what you are telling yourself is gonna direct your attention towards something And whatever it is that you're spending your time giving your attention to is going to ultimately be what you are. Mm -hmm. So I believe that those are kind of the fundamental keys to what manifestation is. I also think that this is a very confusing topic because we don't always equate the time span that the work has to be done as manifestation. A lot of people think that I can write something, Mm -hmm. think about it, pray about it, meditate on it, and it would like spontaneously come. Right, right. And I know that that doesn't exist, but I do know that orienting your thoughts towards a goal and then working through time towards it will bring you what you want. So I believe in manifestation. And following the steps, right? Exactly. I I just know how important time is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where it gets to be weird because 
you can pray for something, but the time period that it's going to come back to you and it's, it's completely out of your right. control. And I think that's what turns a lot of people off to trying to say that they can manifest things. The patience. For sure. But yeah. I mean, as I was younger, ideas like alchemy grabbed my attention very quick. And I thought that it was so cool to be able to turn some common metal into something that is priceless, gold, um, in the snap of a finger. Do you get that from your mom and she's in the jewelry? I mean, I did spend a lot of time when I was younger around gyms and um, looking at different gyms, going to G-E-M-S. different... G-E-M-S. G-E-M-S, right? Yeah, I also spends time in G-Y-M-S. And so. I'm trying to <laughs> drop more G-E-M-S's. Yes, <laughs> you yes. You know me? So, <laughs> but either way, like, it could be. I used to spend a, a bunch of time looking at rocks, crystals, different gyms, and all these different parts of, you know, America. And I never really thought about that. Yeah. If that's what drew my attention to alchemy. But when mm. I first heard of the idea of somebody taking copper and quickly turning it into gold, I'm like, that's amazing. And mm. that's what I want to do. But what my young self didn't understand is that there's a time span. Mm-hmm. Nothing is magic like this, but right. something is magic yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. I like that. Um, so you just convinced me that magic is real. Because that makes perfect sense to me. You know, not a magic trick. Those are illusions in my eyes. But a lot of the things that we've accomplished, if you think of where we started, right, it is magical. Oh, yeah. A lot of the things that we look up to other people for accomplishing, if you look at that, it seems magical, especially when you don't even see the time that it took to get to where they are. Because mm-hmm. to us, it does. it is magic. That's why people are so in awe with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why they're... They're almost uh, worshipped for where they are, but it's not magic in literal sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that everybody's able to obtain. They don't have a superpower that anybody else doesn't have, you know, unless you're talking about the superpowers we've discussed that you develop, such as very basic things, communication and loving people, right? Um, anything that you do with consistency, anything that you get reps in, you're going to get good at, right? Yeah. Repetitions are key. You know, you want to build muscle, you need to do more reps. You want to have a good jump shot, you need to do more reps, you know. You want to be better at reading, speaking, you need to do more reps. People are afraid of public speaking because you never talked in front of anybody before. <laughs> sure, and the reps of whatever it is you are doing is what you're going to get good at. Right? Exactly. I've had this conversation with one young student where I was telling her, I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue with you because you're very good at arguing. <laughs> I was like, but you do it all the time. <laughs> so you're practicing it all the time. And she's like, I don't practice arguing. I'm like, what are we doing? Ar- exactly. I'm like, I'm not trying to tell you, you intentionally go home and practice arguing or you go around mm. people and practice arguing, but mm. you always are finding yourself in an argument. And that's why you're really good with the snap responses right. and coming back at me with that type of emotion yeah. and I'm not going to participate in it, mm-hmm. but Same I just want to fighting, right? Exactly. Fighting all these other things. Yeah. And I just always want to highlight, well, since you spend your time doing this, you're getting nice at it. Yet. Is this really going to benefit you if you get nice at it? Probably is not. this what you want to be good at? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause you can be good at what you want to be good at, but mm-hmm. what are you putting the reps in? Right? And it's magic. Like you're saying you, you have the ability like a wizard to have these things grow into your life, mm-hmm. you know, but are you, are you using what you want? Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Uh, these kids are blessed to have you. I, I can't imagine having an adult give me these types of changes in perspective, opportunities to change my perspective. Right. Because mm-hmm. those aren't normal discussions that uh, all teachers have with children or 
um, adults have with children. Some adults don't expect children to be able to comprehend some of those things, and they don't see it worth trying to have those discussions. Yeah. But, um, again, we talk about programming and, um, you know, being malleable and flexible. The, the mind of a child is more plastic and flexible than anybody's, you know. For so sure. they can be changed a lot easier. And they are open to ideas, but you have to find a way to relate to them and gain their trust, especially in a setting like you where their trust has most likely been broken and misused so many times. Yeah, and I'm really blessed uh, to have the conversations with them because what I've found is that when I introduce these types of ideas, a lot of these children are closer to an innocent thought than adults. So we can have a conversation about perception without introducing politics mm. or without introducing these hot button things that when we think more binary and we've grown and been conditioned, we assume when we hear a word like manifestation that already aligns with a certain type of person. There's no bias. Exactly. With it. Yeah. And that makes a free flowing conversation mm-hmm. too easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely a reciprocal teaching going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we've talked about before how a childlike approach can sometimes be beneficial. That's what we need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, it's what I want to hold on to as I go through my 30s, 40s. I hope that I never get so rigid in my thinking that I mm. can't be broken and mm. challenged and changed and humbled. Yeah, it's interesting that people put so much value and effort into being youthful in their appearance, but mm. you don't want to be youthful in your thought, mm. right? You don't want to be youthful in your mind. And think about the things that we do as a kid. We read a lot, you know. So many people stop reading when they get mm-hmm. older. You know, we we are creative. We try to create things. And, you know, we use our imagination. We play games. And these are all things that, you know, as we become adults, people start to think it's corny or they don't have time for it or it doesn't have any place in their life. But the people that are able to understand that those same concepts are equal value in adulthood. But again, the picture just looks a little different, right? Um, Those are the ones who are really able to live a happy life. I think not necessarily be the most successful, but be the most content, you know, and be the, the most productive in, in a personal way. Yeah. And and the most like curious and inspired. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that if you can hold on to, I think are so important. If you remain right. curious about things and then new things continue to inspire you, right. that's very childlike. Yeah. Some people think that uh, they have to witness something amazing to be inspired. Right? For sure. I, I've seen a, I've seen a kid watch a LeBron highlight and then say he wants to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Like you just saw mm-hmm. one shot. Yeah. What does that even mean? You're not ready to go put in hours of work. Like you yeah. could say all that, but it's just the inspiration off top. But, like, oh my gosh, this happened. I could do it. But you know, uh, sometimes that is all it takes. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not so realistic, but it's the place that you need to continue to stay. Right, right, right. Of mm-hmm. course. And then, um, Sometimes we feel like we know what we want, and so we don't allow ourselves to be inspired again. But you have to allow yourself to continuously be inspired because that's what's going to motivate you to to push past those obstacles and continue to work after you hit these goals along the way. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Mm. All right. Love it. So circle back. Accountability. Mm Mm-hmm. I hold myself accountable for my inspiration, right? 
I, I talk about the hummingbird. I hope y'all not tired of hearing about the hummingbird because I'm inspired by the hummingbird. It, I was inspired by the quail in my backyard. Like these, yeah. I used to hate birds, bro. <laughs> I feel like they're rats of the sky. But when you watch nature, you have to appreciate it. Yeah. You, you really have to. So, you know, whether it's a beetle or a plane or anything in your environment, when you just see how these things operate and notice the intricacies and how amazing they really are, and then circle that back, realize how amazing you are as an individual, you know, down to the cellular level, down to the quantum physics within your body, you know. We, we can't see all the things that are going on within us, and nobody knows what's going on in your mind. So there, there's such a personal experience in the, this intricate environment that we have. You know, we all have our own environment. We all have our own reality. And these are things that you have to be aware of and be accountable for if you want to have power in your reality and in your life and in your daily actions. But if, if those aren't things that you see as being your own and you owning them and having them within your grasp and you being behind the wheel, then you're, you're probably going to be dissatisfied and continue to find yourself restarting and retrying to grip on what reality is and what your purpose is in this world and what direction you should be going in. And I've heard so many people not be satisfied after they reach a goal because they realize it's not actually what they wanted. And they were almost there. And right before they got there, like, oh, shoot, I should have started something else. Mm -hmm. But I tell people that all these skills and accomplishments are transferable and you just have to find a way to use it to your benefit as you step into the next round. Yeah. Yep. And that's a great way to sum up the full circle of this conversation that we're trying to express today. Mm. And, um, if it becomes so difficult, I think you said something great. You go outside, look up at the sky and think what's beyond that blue, mm. because that perceptual difference can maybe bring you back to reality about where you, what you really are. Mm. All right, so, man, blessings on blessings on blessings. And you know what I didn't do? <laughs> Shout Silly. out the creator. Silly. For the ability and to And I hold myself accountable for not doing that. But, yes, thank you, God, for this opportunity to have this conversation and just bring awareness not only to ourselves but to our listeners. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to hold myself accountable for producing this with my friend Russ because we, we really do feel like we're doing something important here, whether it's for two people or 200,000. And um, I want everybody else to feel empowered to touch someone's life in that way as well and, and realize that your efforts are not in vain. You don't get caught up on a number of views or likes, whatever. But with that being said, please like, subscribe, and share because we'd appreciate it so much. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, probably a couple other platforms, but it don't matter. That's plenty of options. And we appreciate everyone so, so, so very much. Yeah. And before we go, we got to shout out uh, GP, Gabe Pino in the room. He definitely has added to the energy, so we can't let that be known because the conversation is all encompassing right. for the people. So Gabe's been in here behind the scenes helping help just enrich, enrich the vibes out here. So thanks, Gabe. Yeah, and we will continue to bring the positive vibrations as long as you allow us to do so. And on this beautiful day, I will say, like last week, We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.